Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I want to hear cannons. Three step drop, close all the end zone. Caught ball, touchdown, Tampa Bay. Mike Evans reaches up with one hand and grabs it in. It's first and goal. That's picked off. That's picked off. And who else? Rondé Barber. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers may ride to the Super Bowl with that one. We don't even keep score. We just run that up and leave. Third down, 18. Dropping Gannon, looking Gannon, looking Gannon. Throws up in the head. That's it. At the 30. Derek Brooks, 30. Brooks to the 29. He's Derek Brooks all the way. There it is. The dagger's in. We're going to win the Super Bowl. This is Mike Allstott, Tempe Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. And there are the cannons coming. Fire them. Keep on firing them. Keep on firing them. Hello and welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new edition of the Cannon Fire Podcast, live today on YouTube. I'm your host, as always, Rhett Matthew, joined alongside me, my good buddy and co-host from BucksNation.com, Mr. Evan Wanish. Joining us today as well, good friend of the show, pleasure to have him back, the one and only Mr. Bucks Nation, James Hill, joins the podcast over the next hour or so. We will be breaking down the Tampa Bay Buccaneers' first primetime game of the 2023 season as they will host the defending NFC champions, the Philadelphia Eagles. Boys, first and foremost, happy Sunday to you. Right in the middle of football, live on YouTube just before Sunday Night Football. How are we feeling? I'm feeling good. Um, you know, it's been a while. It's been a while since you've been on. So yeah, I don't remember the last time I've been on this show. Um, it's been a minute. So thanks for having me back on. Greatly appreciated. Uh, yeah. Bit of a bit of a weird Sunday without Bucks football this early in the season, but uh, you know, hey, they play in prime time tomorrow. That's uh, that's uh, you know very exciting. You know, it, so it, it's been a yeah, it's been good. It's a nice stress free uh, stress free feeling whenever the Bucks don't have a Sunday game, and you can just kind of sit back and watch not only every other team in the league, but every other team in the division today. As you know, the Saints blew a seventeen point lead late in the fourth quarter in Lambeau. Uh, which really messed up my picks this week because, unfortunately, I did pick New Orleans to win that game. The Falcons, we got more answers about what they're going to look like in the weeks ahead this week. They didn't look very good in their performance today. Um, Bryce Young as well. Again, didn't play. Andy Dalton, the Red Rocket out there for Carolina. Uh, You know, building blocks early in the season for all of these teams, but you get a good idea of what they're going to look like over the next few weeks. And... Mentioning the Saints again, not to look ahead, because, of course, we are here to talk about the Monday night game. Uh, You got a good look at the Saints this week, and seems like we're going to get that awesome matchup that we all look forward to. Jameis Winston gets another crack at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, because it seems like he's going to be your starter next week for New Orleans after Derek Carr leaves today's game with a shoulder injury. So what do you guys think of, uh, really quickly, just the state of the NFC South over these first three weeks of football? Well, it's interesting. A lot of people thought um, you know, the NFC South would be one of the worst divisions in football, and and here it had entering entering this week, it had three two and O teams. Um, so kind of kind of funny how you know things work out that way. But yeah, every single team in the NFC South lost. So hopefully that's not a trend. Hopefully that that doesn't mean bad news or a bad omen. I guess you could say for tomorrow, but. Um, 
you know, I, I still don't think you're going to have your answer on who's the clear favorite in the NFC South until week eight, week nine, maybe. Like, I still think it's going to take a little bit because I think there's not a lot separating these teams. Uh, Carolina, maybe. I mean, being 0-3, that hurts, you know, when, when, when you're, you're Oh, and three, it, it, it does hurt, right? Obviously Atlanta two and one, New Orleans two and one, Tampa two and Oh, are going to be either three and Oh, or two and one. So I would say those are the three teams um, that, that you're going to see, but it makes the week five matchup next week against New Orleans. It makes that more important. And it makes the week seven matchup against Atlanta. Like it makes those two games that much more important that I think this division is going to be pretty close the entire year. So makes those division games just that more important. So yeah, we'll see if they're facing James Winston. Most likely will. It's not like confirmed that their car is going to be out, but um they, they did say it's not a seizing any injury, but he may miss some time. So while it's not confirmed, it does seem likely that they'll play James Winston. But um, yeah, it's uh, I think the, the entire NFC South is kind of, I think, what what I expected at least. Because I, I didn't think there was a team that was just going to run away with it. Like, And, and I don't think there's going to be that team this year. Yeah, and uh, state of the Bucks headed into this game. Obviously, we talk about the rest of the teams in the NFC South. The Bucks are 2-0, and but... Beating up on some teams that have proven over the first few weeks of the season that they are not going to be serious contenders down the stretch. I mean, the Chicago Bears game got turned off because of how ugly it was. I mean, they told people to hide their children based off of what was going on in Kansas City today to the Bears. So I can't imagine that that's going to be a win that for a lot of the people who still doubt the Bucks, you know, that's not going to be a win that holds some weight uh, with the critics. The Vikings, again, losing today, even though Kirk Cousins played better. Justin Jefferson had one hell of a day. They still came up short, twenty-eight to twenty-four. In yeah, the, the 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 combined record of the teams that the Bucks have beaten so far is zero and six. And like you, you play who you play on your schedule. Like it's not the Bucks' fault, but like it will be a nice measuring stick. I think these next, and I've talked about this before, the next five games, not just the next two, right? Not just Philly, New Orleans, then you get the bye week, but you have Philly, New Orleans, Detroit, Atlanta, Buffalo. Like, I think that those five games, a pretty good measuring stick for where this team could be at. I think the end of that Buffalo game, when, when it comes down to it, you know, uh, week eight, I believe, you're going to know pretty much what this Bucks team is, I think. Yeah, James, your thoughts on where the Bucks are as of right now? Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, obviously off to a 2-0 start, that's good, right? Like Evan was saying, you know, the, the record of both the teams they beat, you know, combined to be 0-6 right now, that's what makes these upcoming three you know few games that they have so important right because that's going to be where you get the real tests right going going up against the team that represented the nfc in the super bowl last year going up against a very very tough division rival that realistically um is the team that i'm sure a lot of people say is the favorite to win the nfc south right now in the new orleans saints um and just some other teams down the line like Evan was saying the buffalo bills and whatnot the detroit lions eventually as well like there's a lot of good matchups there for the bucks like tough teams i guess i should say so um that's gonna be where this team's really going to be tested right and that isn't to take away anything from their first two wins you know it's always good to win football games like i don't care who you're beating you're still beating nfl teams um like evan was saying you know you play who you play um but this is where you're really going to start to see the tests here and it starts tomorrow against philadelphia yeah philadelphia favored by five on monday night football in raymond james stadium so far for the bucks this year we talk about the expectations people had for the NFC South. I think the Bucs are a team that, even though we we just talked about the wins that they've had, 
I think the way that this offense has looked, the way that Todd Bowles has had this defense looking, the Bucks, safe to say, are one of the teams so far in the early going who have played above people's expectations. Now, going into this game, Philly obviously favored and not a lot of experts picking the Bucks this week. I think a lot of people share that uneasy feeling that this could get sour fast because again we talk about what a threat the Eagles are going to be to the rest of the NFC uh, for the rest of the season but the Bucks have also proved enough to me that they can keep this game close and they can potentially keep it competitive but they're gonna have to do that by playing smarter football than they have the last two weeks because the last two weeks the Bucks haven't necessarily out talented these other teams because you've had this offense running well with great play calling right Good situational awareness, good quarterback play, another thing too. No mistakes. Not turning the ball over has been huge. But they're gonna have to 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 show us some more wrinkles in that Dave Canales offense. You know, they're gonna have to, I think, do several things that we still have yet to see this season in order for them to to come out here and really bring it to Philly. I think this is gonna be a good game, don't get me wrong. But I do think the Bucks are, are going to just have to continue to improve. And the last time we talked to you guys, we did spend a little bit of time talking about some areas where the Bucks could improve. And as we get into this game preview, I wanted to kind of open things up, talk about the run game first and foremost. Rashad White coming into this one. Chase Edmonds going to be missing the next couple of games uh, because of his trip to IR. So it's going to be Sean Tucker running back to Rashad White. And then, of course, I guess Keyshawn Vaughn, wherever they can fill him in. Wanted to talk about this run game and what you think needs to happen early for the Buccaneers offense uh, Monday night. Well, it's tough because I think Philly's front seven is one of the better ones in football, maybe one of the best in football. Um, And they're just, they're they're so deep. Uh, They have a rotation of players, Jalen Carter, uh, the ninth overall pick has just been fantastic for them in the early going. He has superstar potential. Uh, obviously, Fletcher Cox, while he's not the same player that he once was, he's still a really good player. Uh, it's, it, I think it's going to be a challenge, and I think it's going to be a challenge for a Bucks team that's still trying to find their way on the ground. Um, I think they're still trying to figure out the ways to turn around this run game. Again, I, I couldn't believe the amount of rushing yards they had against the Bears, but it didn't feel that way. Like when we said in the post game, what, 120 or whatever, yeah. I was like, what? I was like, they did not have 120 rushing yards, but <laughs> they did. Uh, and it, it got better against Chicago, but you're just hoping it gets better each week because it just makes your offense so much easier to work with. Uh, the play action, like you can do you know, play action without running the ball effectively, but the play action is better and it works better when you can run the ball. Well, it sucks those linebackers in, uh, you're able to get mismatches that way and able to get stuff, you know, over the middle of the field in a, in the, uh, intermediate areas uh, of the field, because it sucks those linebackers in those safeties can sometimes have to come down for run support instead of having to go back. So you can go over the top that way. I, I think a run game is important. Uh, now you do hope you know the flow of the game also dictates that a little bit. Uh, you're hoping that the Buccaneers aren't down, right? Uh, some multiple you hope, scores. You hope you're in a position to where you have enough spare time in that first half to control the clock to rely yes. on that run game. Because if you're down 14 in the first quarter, I, I don't know how much of that run game they're going to lean right. on, you know, to try and get back into it. Right. It's, you know, it's, you're hoping to be able to stick to your game plan as much as possible, not having to deviate from that and say, well, we're down this much. Let's throw the runs out the playbook and let's add Baker Mayfield throw the ball 45 times, you know? So 
I think a key to success is remaining that balance and also keeping the Eagles offense off the field. Like if you're able to run the ball effectively, uh, able to get third and shorts and convert those third and shorts, you're able to keep a, I, you know, they've struggled a little bit this year, haven't been quite as dynamic to their first two games, the Eagles offense, but I think it's one of still one of the better offenses in the NFL. I think Jalen Hurts is one of the better quarterbacks. So anytime you keep him off the field, I think it's a bonus. Yeah, and we'll obviously dive into the Buccaneers defense, but I I wanted to open up with the run game because we'd be remiss if we didn't mention that as of uh, this show, the Philadelphia Eagles do have the number one run defense in the NFL, only allowing opponents an average of 52 yards per game over the first two weeks of the 2023 season, which is ranked number one in the NFL. The only teams behind them are San Francisco and Tampa Bay in the number three spot. How about that? But James, I wanted to get your opinion on just where the Bucks' run game is right now because, again, we talk about the improvements that need to be made and now the added pressure on Rashad White with Chase Edmonds going down, just another rotation in that backfield. Uh, this Eagles defensive line is good. And again, we talk about building momentum and continuing that staunch improvement week after week with certain things on this offense. This is a pretty stacked week. Uh, for the Buccaneers' run game, Rashad White in particular. But what are your thoughts on on where Rashad White is so far and uh, your forecast for the Buccaneers' running attack on Monday night? Yeah, I mean, it's tough. Um, you know, <clears throat> to be completely honest, like the running game, I think, has looked... They're running the ball more than they did last year, but is the yardage... Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but it, it let's not forget to say this. I mean, it almost seems like they have tripled in efficiency as far as the run game goes compared to 2022. We bring that season up all the time and talk about how historically bad the run game was last year. So I don't want people to listen to this and think that we're not sitting here saying the run game has improved, but when you're getting ready to play a team like the Eagles and you still have some stuff to fix, you know, it's, it's going to be a, it's going to be an interesting week. Sorry, James. No, that's okay. And like, I will say this, like the attempts are certainly there, right? Which is is something different than what we saw last year, obviously, right? Um, and that's something Todd Bowles wanted out of the defense. That's something that, you know, just, just overall the team wanted to do more, right? But what's so interesting to me, and, and actually here, let me go ahead and see if I can pull it up. Yeah, Rashad White right now is seventh uh, in the league in rushing attempts and that's even with christian mccaffrey having an extra game he's number one at 60 attempts shot whites down at number seven with 34 um so like obviously the more attempts are there and that's good and everything and while they have been able to make like some some more clutch runs especially baker mayfield you know scrambling a little bit here and there and making some gutsy runs and them getting you know some short yardage stuff and and being able to convert on you know shorter third downs running the football, which is nice and all. I still don't think this running game is where you want it to be, right? I say that because Rashad White is averaging 3.3 yards in attempt. Uh, that's got to get better. Uh, you know, he's seventh in terms of rushing attempts. He's 38th in yards per attempt. And that's got to get better, right? It's not for a lack of trying, obviously, but the running game just isn't where you want to see it right now in terms of just overall efficiency, right? The game plan, like what Evan was talking about earlier has been working so far where it's like, they're going to grind the football. They're going to run the football a ton and really control the time of possession, control the time of the game. What happens whenever you go up against a really dynamic offense that likes to do a very similar type of thing in the Philadelphia Eagles, they get to a 14 point lead. 
might run into a little bit of trouble there. Like Evan was saying, where you might have to pass the football more. So I don't know. It all depends on how this team starts. Um, and, and you got to get better at run blocking. Part of it is Rashad White sometimes hesitating a little bit in the backfield. Part of it is the offensive line just not necessarily being great in run blocking so far up to this point. And it's not just Rashad White, by the way. We've seen a little bit of Sean Tucker as well. Um, I, I think that he has struggled a little bit. We saw it with Chase Edmonds a little bit before he went down with injury. Um, now you're going to be slotting Keyshawn Vaughn into that mix. So while I will say there have been some positive things to this run game, such as the increase in attempts and the overall like third down efficiency of running the football in short yardage situations, the overall yardage, I guess, and just complete efficiency of that running game has to improve. They're going up against a very tough defense. Like what you were saying, Rhett, like this defense is no joke. Um, you know, they've got so many good players. They got even better this offseason, which is just wild to me. Um, so, you know, it's not necessarily a great opportunity to bounce back for the run game in terms of getting that yards per attempt up. But I still think the Buccaneers, they've showcased that, yeah, they're still going to continue to run the football a lot. It's just what their game plan is at this point is to take the pressure off the quarterback, um, you know, work that running game in there and just get their attempts up. So, um, should be interesting to see what gives in that matchup, right? Is it going to be the Bucks just really running and really staying true to their game plan? Or is it going to be the Eagles run defense maybe not being as able to stop the Bucks rushing attack as they have been the past couple of weeks against other teams? So it'll be interesting. Well, an argument can clearly be made, too, that the Bucks have won these first two games by simply controlling the clock, effectively running the ball. I know that we have missed that big home run you know, rushing attempt for 25 plus yards. We haven't had anything exciting like that this year so far, but the efficiency on third down that you brought up, the Bucks, one of the best teams in the NFL on third down, 20 for 23 over their first two games. I cannot get over that stat. 20 for 23 on third downs uh, over the first eight quarters of football for Tampa Bay. The overall efficiency has been something that cannot be ignored, but again, you're missing that big home run play uh, from either Rashad White, Sean Tucker, whoever has the football. I mean, I got to say, I know I, I know he only got a handful of carries, but I did like some of the carries we saw from Chase Edmonds, even back in the preseason. You know, he, he was running with a high motor, and he was capable of getting those 8, 10, 12-yard runs, uh, but still need to see something like that. Now, we talk about the rest of the offense for Tampa Bay playing to minimize mistakes, playing to not have as many penalties as you did last week. You got to play a clean game. You know, I, I think if the Bucs are in a position to where they want to control the clock and they want to win this week the way that they have, you got to keep playing mistake-free football. You know, Philly is a defense that they are fresh and they are deep. Like, they got talent in pretty much every position group. So you've got playmakers all over the field. I mean, hell, former Tampa Bay Buccaneer safety Justin Evans forced a fumble so far from the safety position. He's been balling out for Philly. You love to see that from him. But obviously things have to get better. You got to play more mistake-free football. But when we approach the topic of throwing the football, I think for Tampa Bay, you know, how much does their game plan change this week when we talk about their expectations for Baker Mayfield in this game? We already kind of talked about the run game in Rashad White. But for Baker Mayfield, his expectations over the last two weeks have been, eh, Right around 250 yards, you know, maybe a touchdown or two if everything goes according to plans. No turnovers and right around 35 passing attempts. I think the last two weeks he had 34 attempts in each game. 
for the Bucks, when you look at your potential offensive situation, you know, Evan, you had said at the beginning of the show, the flow of the game is going to dictate a lot of this. So I guess this is just merely speculation. But if everything goes according to plan for the Bucks this week, is it more smash mouth, run it down your throat, ball control football with Baker Mayfield kind of just driving? Or do you think they lean on Baker a little bit more this week against a pretty good defensive unit uh, who have been proven to to maybe shut down the run and force you to be one-dimensional? Yeah, the interesting thing with that is, you know, you bring up the about the rush defense and everything like that. I think it'd be tough to, you know, sort of run it down their throats. Uh, at the same time, Philly's secondary is pretty good. Like Darius Slay is one of the better corners. James Bradbury, who's who's expected to be back uh, for this week, he missed last week with a concussion, expected to be back. He's a good player. I know they just lost Avante Maddox, their slot corner. Um, but they got good players in the secondary, too. So it's not like you're, oh, this is a team, you know, punish the secondary. Now, I mean, the linebackers do leave a little bit to be desired in pass coverage, so you can attack that maybe with some tight ends or something like that, uh, attack the middle of the field that way, especially when they're in zone. But I think in an ideal world, yeah, you sort of see just like that stat line that you brought up for Baker Mayfield, you know, 250 yards, touchdown, no interceptions. That's the important one. Zero picks. Uh, Still doesn't have a pick. The Buccaneers actually after today, and I know this is a little bit unfair considering the Bucs haven't played yet this week and all these other teams did, but the Buccaneers are the only team in the NFL now to not have a turnover. Um, So, like I said, it is a little bit skewed because the rest of the teams just played today and the Bucs haven't yet but it is still a fact and i think that's been a big reason for the offense's efficiency um baker mayfield being able to protect the football uh you know really well i think it matters and i think it's going to matter a lot in this game so yeah i think you'd take you know baker mayfield 250 yards one touchdown no picks no fumbles and you'll be able to run it with a shot white 15 times 15 to 20 times get sean tucker a few times like i said control that clock keep that eagles offense off the field be efficient on your third downs don't you know don't get off the field don't get into third longs or anything like that try and be as efficient as possible with that so i think in an ideal way world uh you would be looking for that i just don't know if that's going to exist because of the philly run defense like i think they're going to largely take that away and i think if the buccaneers try to be stubborn with it if they try to just say we're going to run right we are going to run no matter what they could find themselves in trouble early where they're like okay we tried to run right we yeah we did nothing on two drives (laughs) now we're down 10 nothing we gotta throw the ball You know, so that's where I think you got to be careful. There's a fine line between wanting to do it and recognizing that it ain't working and you got to move on to something else. So hopefully if that is the case, hopefully they recognize that early enough and deviate from that plan. But we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, no, I agree with what Evan was saying. Um, You know, just kind of expand upon that, too. Um, I think the Bucks game plan is going to be what it has been right going into this game which is just grind out the clock control the game right i know you talked about it earlier just kind of look up the stat too um the average time per drive for the bucks right now is three minutes and two seconds that's seventh in the nfl and that's including the 49ers who have played an extra game so far up to this point um you know so like that's kind of their whole mo so far up to this point right is just controlling that clock, having long, sustainable drives, wearing down opposing defenses and and kind of just grinding out the football in, in, in a variety of ways. And while they're in the bottom half of the team in terms of passing attempts, as we talked about earlier, they're in the top 
10 in rushing attempts. And I don't think that that strategy's really changed too much here just because that feels like that's kind of been the identity of this offense. Um, what they've got to do is start converting more in the red zone. Um, and that's something we've talked about here. Here's a stat. Um, percentage of the time a team reaches the red zone and scores a touchdown. Okay. I want you guys to guess, Rhett, we'll start with you. And then Evan, you're up next. Where do the Buccaneers rank on this? Okay. Now this, the only teams that are on here that have played a week three game, at least according to pro football reference that have, that are marked on the website are the 49ers and the giants. Okay. So including those two teams as well, like where do you think the Buccaneers rank? So I'm guessing their rank out of 32 from the rest of the team. Yes, correct. I will go 24. Okay. Evan. All right. So, so what is it? Red zone efficiency. What percentage of the time a team reaches the red zone and scores a touchdown? Scores a touchdown. Um, I'm going to say 29th. They are 30th. Darn oh, it. man. So 33, <laughs> oh. 33.3% of the time they're going into the red zone and scoring a touchdown. The only two teams that are worse than them. Well, can I guess? Can I guess that? Sure. The Bears? And is that one of them? No. Oh, come on. All right, all right. The Bears don't even get to the red zone. What are you talking about? Yeah, that's that's true. Um, yeah, you gotta get there, right? The 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 Vikings? Nope. I give up then. I'm not doing this. <laughs> the New York Jets. Oh. They suck. With a staggering twenty five percent in the Houston Texans. I was gonna they, say Houston, yeah. but I was like, I don't know. With a sixteen point seven percent, Houston was my pick for for the people watching our YouTube feed. While James was talking about red zone efficiency, you could probably see me over here pounding the table because that's the next thing I wanted to bring up. Was we talk about mistake free football, which the Bucks have done a pretty solid job so far of playing. You know, the lack of turnovers has shown the efficiency of an offense that again doesn't have Tom Brady throwing forty five touchdowns a year, and they can still be better in a lot of different ways, but. The red zone efficiency. We talked about how leaving points on the field against teams like the Bears and evidently against teams like the Vikings, it's not going to bite you as much. But this is a game where you you have to be on your P's and Q's. You really cannot afford to leave points on the field. Now, not to say that the, the Eagles have been perfect, because when we talk about the defense, we're going to get into that a little bit more, which I'm excited to talk to you guys about. But, you know, again, the Bucks just, they, they got to clean it up. And they know that, obviously, but red zone scoring is going to be huge this week because if you settle for three points in a position where you could have gotten the touchdown, that I mean, that very well could lose you the game in a game like this, this kind of week. You can get away with that when you're playing the Vikings and Bears. You can't get away with that when you're playing a team like the Eagles. You just can't do it. If you get down there, now, red zone, okay. Technically, the red zone's with the, what, inside the 20. If you're at the 18, all right, and you miss, technically, that is a red zone miss, right? But I'm talking, like, close to the goal line situation stuff. Like, you're inside the 15. You're inside the 10. It needs to be six points. Like, it, it just has to be. Even against a team like New Orleans next week. Like, I feel like you can get away with that when it's – and Minnesota, like, they're definitely, they're better than Chicago, but I still think Philly is better than Minnesota and Chicago's a dumpster fire. But it's just it, it's tough to come back from that, right? And even last week, right? The the Bucks it wasn't in the red zone, but the Bucks missed, right? They had to kick the field goal. Field goal was blocked. You get zero. So that's 
it's not going to work like against Philly. You're going to be burned if, if, if that happens. So, yeah, you you got to take advantage of it. Baker Mayfield misses Chris Godwin on the, I think it was the opening drive against the Bears. Uh, misses Chris Godwin for the touchdown. Can't happen. Baker Mayfield missed Coke for a touchdown against Minnesota. That can't happen. Like you need to be able when you have the chances and opportunities for touchdowns, they got to be six. It just it it has to be six in a game like this, or else you're going to be looking back and the score might get lopsided, and then you'll be like, man, if that was just a touchdown, is this game any different? And that's what you're going to be looking back on. Yeah, no, I I agree with Evan. Um, this is obviously a team you can't really afford to have miscues in the red zone against or settle for field goals. Just for frame of reference, too, the Eagles have had just as many trips to the red zone as the Bucks. They have a 66.7% in terms of red zone efficiency. So they're not settling for field what, goals. What is what is their rank? In terms of red zone efficiency? Yeah, they're so you said that the Bucks are ranked 30th. They're ranked 10th. You, yeah, if the Bucks allow the Eagles to get in the red zone, they're most likely going to score a touchdown, and the Bucks just haven't been able to do that yet. Yeah, I mean, you look at points per game, too. The Eagles are at number five with 29.5. The Bucks are at 16 with 23.5. So it's like this is a team that knows how to put up points. And the Bucks, to their credit, are still ranked 16th to the Eagles' fifth. But, um, you know, obviously there's a difference there, right? Oh, and, so also, this- and also that number's a little bit swayed because of the pick six, too. The Bucks' offense has scored 20 points in both games. Uh, the the Bucks' offense has scored 20 points against Minnesota, and they scored 20 against Chicago. Um, the, the pick six sort of, I think, skews that a little bit as far as points per game, but, um, yeah. And I mean, and I mean, point being too, is that like, this is a team that knows how to score. Like even, even in field goal attempts, like we talked, we just talked about their red zone efficiency. The Eagles are still fifth in field goal attempts with seven, you know? So it's like, this is a team that cannot just get into the red zone and not have to settle for field goals. Like they're still in field goal range a lot of the time too, to put some more points up on the board. So like, this is a team that knows how to score the Bucks. You know, hey, I think one thing that they showed last week that was awesome was that they can move the football inside the 20s pretty darn well, depending on the situation. Right now, obviously, the Eagles are a different type of challenge than the you know Chicago Bears. But, um, you know, it's it's still encouraging to see. And the Bucks are going to need that against an offense that is is definitely more potent scoring wise than what they've faced. Uh, last week and then even in week one as well yeah yeah, we've talked a lot about the offensive approach for Tampa Bay and I don't think anyone is predicting Baker Mayfield and this Bucks offense to go in here this week and and out duel Jalen Hurts you know we're not going to get a we're not going to get a 40 uh, a 40 plus point game for either of these teams I don't think but I do think this is the perfect time to talk about the Buccaneers defense and get into the statistic that I have been waiting to say since the start of the show the Philadelphia Eagles have not beaten the Tampa Bay Buccaneers since 2013. They have it's not true. beaten the Bucs in 10 years. You think back to the games that have been played 2018, you know, week two, the Bucs host them at home and they are defending Super Bowl champions yeah. and yeah. they got a little bit of Fitz magic in their system. Oh, and also just a little bit of a thing there. They were also that week two game. They were coming off playing Thursday. Yeah. So they're on extra rest again, like sort of similar to what it is now. So, yeah, Deshaun Jackson, the first play of the game, huge touchdown. 
I was I was watching that game out in public. Actually, that was awesome. That was one of the last then, games I think. And, I was and then and then in 2021, they beat them twice, and it's in the same season. That was the last time they played. And I actually wanted to bring that up really quick. And this could be our segue to the uh, to the Bucks defense versus the Eagles offense because I saw a comment. I don't remember who it was from, but said you know Todd Bowles has Jalen Hurts' number. Okay, the one thing I would say, and and you might be right. We'll find out, right? But the one thing I would say, this is a completely different Jalen Hurts than the last time Bucks fans saw Jalen Hurts against the Bucs. Yeah, the 2021 playoffs. One, it's, it's been one, a long two years. Yeah, well, one, A.J. Brown makes a world of difference. A.J. Brown was not on that team when the Bucs played them last. That's that's a big difference. A.J. Brown's a fantastic wide receiver. DeAndre Swift's there. But, like, not just the additions that they've made, the progress and the development that Hurts has made. Like he he took such a big leap in 2022. It's a it's a different football player. Like it is way different than the one you saw week six on Thursday night football when the Bucks played them, and then in the wild card round. Like it's com- it's completely different. The Eagles offense is completely different as a whole. They've found sort of more of a identity, know how to use Jalen Hurts a bit more. Now I will say they do they have a new offensive coordinator and Brian Johnson. Uh, so they have been going through some ups and downs when a new coordinator, it's not like it's a brand new offense. It's still Nick Sirianni's offense, but a little bit of ebbs and flows when a brand new play caller and stuff is in the mix. So I, I do think there's been a little bit of struggle there, but this is still a good offense. I just don't want Bucks fans to think, well, the last time they played them, they played them twice and they shut Jalen Hurts down. It's, it's, it's a completely different team. Like, it is a completely different team, and Jalen Hurts is so much better now than he was at that moment. Let's talk about the Buccaneers' pass rush. Uh, containing the quarterback is going to be, you know, number one on everybody's to-do list for the Bucs this week. Jalen Hurts, you talked about how he is just a, a way different player than the inexperienced quarterback the Bucs have played in the past. The progression that he has had, and I think the way that Philly has built that offense around him, I mean, clearly it was enough for you know them to take a trip to the Super Bowl last year. So coming into this game, let's talk about where the Bucks' pass rush is over these first few weeks of football because I, we have noticed that with these younger players, Kalijah Kansi going to be absent this Sunday, but aside from that, these younger players, you have seen a little bit of a fresher defensive line as the game goes on. You know, you're not dealing with, rotating in and out guys who are 34, 35 years old who are going to need some extra breaks. Um, You've seen a little bit more effectiveness. Now, has it led to being more effective with four down linemen? I don't know. I don't think quite as much as we would like to see, even though they have produced a lot of sacks over the first few weeks. Uh, I guess my question to you this week is, does the defensive approach change? Because, We talked about with the Bears, you know, getting pressure on Justin Fields with four down linemen. They could have done that all day because Justin Fields took forever to let go of the ball, right? Like, I mean, he stood back there and let them get those sacks on him. But against a quarterback who has better awareness, uh, arguably better mobility at just getting away from pressure in the pocket, what changes? You know, because I I don't think the Bucs are going to be able to send four down linemen. and, And honestly, I don't think, even though they've been playing fresher, I don't think, you know, just relying on that front four is, is going to be enough against a quarterback like Jalen Hurts because the Bucks, even when they're at their best, they still tend to struggle sometimes with these mobile quarterbacks. 
Yeah, yeah, what's, yeah. I mean, yeah, James. Yeah, no. It, what's interesting about this matchup, right? The Eagles' offense versus the Bucks' defense is like in terms of passing yards per game. The Eagles are ranked, and I know I'm like I'm bringing up a lot of stats, and uh, you're you're the stat man today. Like I'm I bringing was, up. I was a, gonna say something. You on, dude. Keep it going. I'm, I'm I'm bringing up a lot, right? But like you know, I just it was just looking at it. I thought it was interesting. So like the Eagles are the 29th, you know, ranking in terms of passing yards per game. Right. They passed 162.5 yards per game rushing off. I was about to say it's because they don't need to. <laughs> they have a hundred and seventy eight rushing yards per game. That's number two. Uh, that is like the M.O. of what the Eagles have been doing this year. Now, verse, that's just been their game plan. It's just been running the football. Now, Evan will I will agree with Evan where, you know, this is a way different Jalen Hurts. They could pass probably if they, if you know, they could not even probably they could pass if they needed to. Right. And they may have to in this game. When when, when, when they played them in 2021, they were too reliant on the run. Now Hurts has developed so much more as a passer with adding A.J. Brown it just makes a world of difference. Yeah, whenever you look at the rushing defense, you know, we talked about it earlier. The Bucks are third in rushing yards per game, uh, uh, you know, allowed with only 54. The Eagles are only two yards better than them. Um, in, in terms of total yardage, the Bucks are number two behind the Eagles, um, 104 to 108. So, you know, that's that's going to be interesting, right? Is like, OK, if the Buccaneers run defense really is is clamping down on this very good Eagles rushing attack, you know, the Eagles are going to have to pass. And Rhett, you just talked about, you know, the pass rushing game for the Bucks and and how the sack numbers are up there. But is that really an indication as to how good or bad the Bucks pass rush may be? We got some more stats. <laughs> so are, are are they stats about how good Jalen Hurts is against the Blitz? Because well, well, not necessarily. I don't have that, but I do know that the Bucks Blitz frequently thirty seven point eight percent of uh, the time per drop back, which is lower, which is lower. Those first couple of years with Todd Bowles in Tampa Bay, I, I think he was close to a 50% kind of guy. Yeah. And that's, and it's still fifth in the NFL right now. Right. But what's interesting to me is the bucks are third in knockdown percentage per pass attempt, 13.7%. They're fifth. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Fifth. In if you're going to say stats, you got to make sure they're right. James. Yeah. They're fifth in quarterback uh, pressure percentage with 29.3% of the time. So like point point being is, you know, it's it's not just in terms of, you know, like, oh, their sack numbers are up. Like, no, they're still hurrying the quarterback. They're still blitzing a ton. They're still knocking down the quarterback and pressuring the quarterback as well. So like if the Eagles do have to switch to the passing game, are we going to see a different version of Jalen Hurts? Yeah, for sure, but but it's not going to necessarily be an easy time for her. It's like Bucks are going to do what they do. They're going to blitz. They're going to really get after the quarterback. And you know, Hurts being a more mobile guy, it'll be interesting to see how he handles that pressure, handles all that blitzing. Um, that could be one of the, the the top you know deciding factors of this game is how well Hurts and the Eagles handle all that blitzing the Bucks may end up doing in this game. Yeah, while we talk about the Eagles offense, we know Jalen Hurts is a weapon. He's a quarterback who can sit there in the pocket and pass if he has to, but he's going to run and he's going to potentially get away from you. But even the pass catchers in Philly, you know, Devontae Smith, uh, you talked about getting A.J. Brown making a world of difference for them. A couple of big playmakers at tight end as well. When you look at that Philly offense, Evan, the Philly Bucks fan, who, again, we have yet to call you that this show, but it's important that this week of all weeks we mention it, 
<laughs> when you look at the Philly offense, if they are in a position where, you know, let's say the Bucks are bringing pressure, or at the very least, they've done a good job at shutting down a potent rushing attack, mm-hmm. is Philly the ty- type of team that, you know, can still make this an ugly game if they are forced to be one-dimensional? It, do they have enough firepower, or do you think, you know, Carlton Davis coming back this week is obviously a huge boost for the Bucks. Jamel Dean's still very much going to be out there. Uh, Christian Izzy, maybe that inexperience factor shows up this week, but two picks and two games for him, hoping to bounce back and have another good game. Obviously, Antoine Winfield Jr. is still back there in the mix. So the Bucks have the weapons to go out there and, I guess, try and slow them down, but it's certainly going to be the biggest test of the season so far for them, and he, that's even after playing Justin Jefferson week one. Yeah, it's interesting. If the Buccaneers do end up making the Eagles more one-dimensional, I do think you can. Uh, there is a world where, uh, look, like James just read it. Like, yeah, they haven't had to pass the ball as much because their success running the football. But when they have passed it, they haven't been great. It's been really hot or cold and, and it, no in between. Uh, it, it's literally Jalen Hurts hit Devonta Smith for a couple of deep balls against Minnesota. But then the, there were times where the offense couldn't do anything uh, through the air. And then they had to basically stick to the ground game. So I do think there's an opportunity uh, that if you do stop the run, I think you can have some opportunities made with the pass. Now, I do think the difference between Jalen Hurts and Joseph Fields, I think Jalen Hurts probably isn't going to put the ball in harm's way to create a turnover as much as maybe Fields would be likely to do. Uh, but I, I do think he, he's just better like awareness than that. But at the same time, I do think you can force the Eagles into some tough situations. I do think that, though, comes back to the pass rush. Uh, I do think that if you're not going to get a pass rush, one Hertz is going to be able to run, and then they'll just use that. You know, stopping the run is one thing. It's a different thing to stop the quarterback from running. Uh, they're just going to use that and just really hurt you with that. Or, like, eventually somebody's going to be open. Like, you give Hurts all day in the world, like, the the corners can't cover forever. So, I do think when you're talking about stopping the run, I think that the pass rush is going to be one of the biggest factors in order to really slow down his Eagles offense. And I think this game, it might be won through the trenches on both sides of the ball for, for both teams, uh, whichever trench play, you know, is better, I think could really determine how this game's going to go. And if one of them is overwhelming the other, I think maybe it could get ugly. Uh, I think the Eagles are the more talented team, but at the same time, like the Buccaneers still have a lot of talent in their own right. Like, and we've seen that the past two weeks, like this isn't a dumpster fire of a team. Like it, it, it isn't like, is there things to correct? Absolutely. But there's things the Eagles got to correct too. So um, I, I do think just like you said, though, it's not the end of the world. And actually it'd probably be more ideal because the Eagles' strength is probably running the ball. So if you take away their biggest strength on offense, you're forcing them to do something else. That's probably ideal. So we know that Philly is favored by five. That spread could be bigger, but the Bucks are playing at home, so you got to give them a couple of points on top there. I, yeah, I think it's like, what, two? Yeah, two or and so? a half or three. D- yeah, Between two so or three. normally for the home team. So let's get into some score predictions here as we kind of wrap up our thoughts for how this game is going to go tomorrow night. I had seen one from our buddy Mikey Kelly in the live chat. He says Bucks 28-24, which for Mikey Kelly is a pretty tame prediction because he usually has the Bucks <laughs> winning by like 50. Uh, 28-27 from our buddy Gaming Wizard. Um, 
Our buddy San Anto Gatto brought up a good point, and he said the Eagles will have all the pressure on them. Why? Because everyone has them beating the Bucks. The Bucks are playing with nothing to lose. You guys still picking us to lose based on mistakes that have yet to be made. While that is not necessarily true, that last part there, I did want to highlight the level of pressure on both of these teams going into this game. Who's going to catch more flack for losing this week? Yeah, nobody's. I mean, <laughs> if, if the Bucks lose, you're like, oh, all right, the, the the Bucks lost, whatever. Like, right. I I think personally, this this doesn't affect my pick because my pick was the same before this was brought up. Nobody here. Nobody's talking about the Cardinals being the Cowboys. They're talking about the Cowboys losing to the Cardinals. Exactly. No one's gonna be talking about the Cardinals ten, eleven weeks from now. I think. Um, but it is one of those things where. When the Bucks play with nothing to lose, like the players know that. The players are aware that nobody is picking them to win this game this week. The players were aware week one when nobody picked them to beat the Vikings, you know? And I don't know. You've heard that like the great players use that as ammunition. You know, Tom Brady time and time again loves talking points like that to use as ammunition to go out there and play his best. And maybe the Bucks do that this week if that's what they have to do to win, then so be it. But I do like that point of view and I do like that perspective where they are coming into this game with not nearly as much to lose and if you go out there and you win or even if you go out there and you play close which I think they are going to do it's a statement to the rest of the NFL because not a lot of people at the Bucks starting 2-0 me and Evan certainly didn't and uh, if they were to start 3-0 you know with just one game left to go before the bye week and the Eagles are one of the teams that you beat it's going to shut a lot of people up but with that being said my score prediction. Uh, uh, I picked him to win last week, so I can't. I can't coast off of superstition. You know, I used to be the guy. Well, oh, I pick them to lose and they win, so I'll just pick them to lose every week. Unfortunately, I am going to pick the Bucks to lose this game. Um, I, I just think it's going to be too much. You know, I, I think we say this every single week when it comes to tough teams, it's going to be a tough test for the bucks, but like it legitimately is like, I don't know how you look at this game as anything else. This is the most talented team they've played so far. The most well put together unit. It is a team that was in the super bowl less than eight months ago with the same quarterback, a -hmm. pretty good offensive line. They are playing well. I know they struggled with Minnesota and they haven't been perfect so far this year, but they still are essentially the cream of the crop in the NFC. And I think they're going to play like it. Uh, Bucks do have the home field advantage. It's going to be a primetime game, but those Eagle fans travel well. I mean, I'm going to the game with an Eagles fan, so it, it should tell you everything you need to know. Uh, but I do think the Bucks drop this one close game, close game, 27-24. I, I think it's going to be not ugly, but not nearly as much offense as people would like. You know, I think Philly is going to come away from this game and and maybe not have 130 yards rushing. You know, like I, I think there's going to be some things coming out of this that that both teams are going to want to go back and do better. I think there's going to be mistakes from both teams. I think this Bucks defense will do a good enough job to get after the quarterback to to maybe force a mistake at one point, maybe force a fumble because this Bucks defense has been good at forcing turnovers these first couple of weeks as well. We, we talk about the strengths of this team, and the defense has been good at doing just that. But you make your kicks, you play turnover-free football, and you capitalize on red zone scoring. I think they can win, but I don't know if they do all three of those things on Monday night. So 27-24 Bucks lose is my prediction. Uh, James, let me get your prediction first, and then we'll finish off with Evan. 
Yeah, um, I, I got to stay true to my my original season predictions. I'm going to have the Bucks losing this one, uh, 27 to 20. Um, you know, obviously it'd be great if they don't lose, right? I just got to stay true to what the beginning of the season here at this point. Um, you know, look, the Eagles are a really good football team. If the Bucks keep it competitive, and that matters, that's important. Obviously, you know, we we all agree here that it'd be it's nice if the Bucks win and start off three and zero, but um. You know, I just I don't think they'll be able to get it done here against the Eagles. I'm picking uh, the Eagles winning 27 to 20. Okay, so yeah, the, the, the Eagles fan, we're gonna let you wrap this one. Well, up. And, well, in contrary, I was gonna say this contrary to popular belief, the Eagles fan the Reds going with is not me. Um, it, it, I am I am not scheduled to be there. So can we also uh, please <laughs> confirm that you're not an Eagles fan because yes. there's too many people who have listened to this podcast Oops. for like three to four plus years who just think that you're this diehard birds fan. I am a Philadelphia Phillies fan. I am a Philadelphia 76ers fan. I'm a Philadelphia Flyers fan. I am not a Philadelphia Eagles fan. I don't care about the Eagles. Like it's just sacrilege do not up care. there. Yeah. Just don't, don't care. Like, not a single piece of Eagles memorabilia in my house. Like, there's, there's nothing there. Like, do you, you see me wearing flyer stuff? You see me wearing sixer stuff, Philly stuff. You ever see me wearing the Eagles thing? Like, come on. Um, so I, I do think that I, I agree with what James said, where if you don't, you know, you go, you go and get blown out, then you're talking of, oh, like, was the first two games, is it playing bad teams? Like, are you just better than those teams? Like, are you the best of the worst, basically? Like, if you go and get beat by, you know, 26, like, are you, like, are you really, you know, any good at all? That raises a concern. If you go out and you're competitive with them, that can be encouraging in a way, you know, like, and I, and I know like, oh, morale victories, you know, ho, 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 you still lost the game, but it was close. Like, I get it. It feels like we're coming but, full circle, right? <laughs> yeah, it feels like it feels and... like it feels like 2018 again. Yeah. Like, I, it really does. I remember, um, what was it? It was 2017 because they were inducting Gruden into the Ring of Honor. And I think the Bucks were super shorthanded on that Monday Night Football game against the Falcons. And they lost, I think, like, third, like, 28-24 or something. And I was like, I don't even care about the final score. They, they showed so much fight. Like, yeah, that's I guess that's where we're at now. But um, the last time the Buccaneers started 3-0 and was the 2005 season. The Buccaneers have been 2-0 and a boatload of times, including the past two years. Uh, the past 2021, sorry, 2021 and 2022, they were both 2-0 and and lost week three. Uh, 2018, 2-0, lost week three. So it's happened before. And I also believe it, it happened uh, a few other times in the early 2010s as well. But... I also think the Eagles are just a bit too much. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I do think the Bucks are going to lose. I think, you know, I was looking at it, and I think this game is going to be a lot like the Ravens game last year, the Thursday night football game. I think, especially stylistically, like the Ravens were a team that was a run-heavy team, and I think they relied on the pass a little bit too much in the first half. The Bucks actually had the lead after after the first quarter, Um and I believe might have had the lead. Yeah, they did. The Bucks had a ten to three lead at halftime. 
uh, of that game, uh, Thursday Night Football against the Ravens. And then the Ravens started to run the ball with success, and the Bucks defense got worn down. And the final score was 27-22 to 22 of that game. So I think this game's going to be pretty similar to that. I honestly do. Just think the Eagles are too much on both sides of the ball. Um, I, I do think that, like, the Bucs just aren't as talented as this team. Like, the Eagles is better. Like it, it, it's okay, you know. Like the Eagles are just like Rhett said. Like the Eagles are probably still think like it's them and the 49ers, like as like the best two teams in the NFC. Like clearly the best two teams in the NFC. The Bucks have three really tough games under schedule this year. Eagles, Bills, 49ers. This is one of them. This is the first one. So I do think the Eagles win. My score, it's going to be a little bit more than you guys. My score is 26 to 17. Uh, I, I have the Eagles winning. Uh, I do think it's going to be fairly close throughout the whole game, though. I, I don't think it's going to be an instance where the Eagles really pull away and then they can, you know, we're sitting there in the fourth quarter and you're not really paying attention because you know the game's over. Like, no, I think the fourth quarter is going to matter. So uh, I, I do think that the Bucs are going to give them a fight. I just don't think they have enough. Plus, the Eagles have been off for 11 days. Like, that matters, too. The Eagles are a better-rested team. Uh, they had more time to prepare for the Bucks. Like, while the Bucks were preparing for the Bears on Friday and Saturday night, the Eagles were preparing for the Bucks. Like, so, like, the Eagles have been more time to prepare. I think it's going to matter, and I think the Eagles hand the Bucks their first loss of the season. Jack O'Pluntley in live chat says 33-20 bucks on top. Buck Wild has a score prediction of 27-21. Amazement717 says shout out to the Seahawks, Packers, and Lions for handing out those L's today. As we had mentioned, every other team in the NFC South lost. So for the Bucks nearly going, have yet to play a division opponent. So, you know, a team like the Saints and a team like the Falcons are going to have that division win over you until next week. But... If the Bucs can come out of this week potentially 3-0, it puts you a game on top, and that's going to go a long way potentially in a tight division. Shout-out to everyone else in the live chat. Russ Weeks for hanging out with us. San, Anto, uh, San Antogado. I think I say that every every single time incorrectly. Uh, Clack 5 White. Russ Weeks, I already said. Payday 39. Richard T. over there on the West Coast hanging out with us in L.A. Bucks raise bolts. My buddy Jake Barrett chiming in. Good to see you, man. Gaming Wizard, JB, UK Prince, and anyone else that I mix. Shout out, uh, shout out Mikey Kelly as well. But thank you guys for tuning in. You know, I got to tell you, as long as the Eagles don't score 70, we should be okay, right? I mean, as yeah. long as the Bucks don't lose by 50 whole points. It, it's just like you said, though. You know, if, if, if the Bucks lose, like... No one's even if the but even if it's a little bit lopsided, like nobody because everybody expected the Eagles to win anyway. So like it's not like it's gonna be something that's gonna be talked about forever. Seventy to twenty though, like that's yeah. <laughs> you know, oh, Sean, well, it's it's ridiculous. Go for the record, like it, you, it's your your <laughs> chance to have NFL history. You can line up for a field goal. I don't care. You're also against the coach who uh, was involved in paying players to hurt other players. Um, so I don't understand why you wouldn't want to be on the right side of history. I don't want to be that guy, but yeah, I, I think Sean Payton getting exactly what he deserves, uh, up there in Denver. So, uh, him and him and Russ can ride that L into and cook. week. Yeah. Let him cook. God, he's well, well, burning well, everything, but let him cook. Bacon in Tampa and cooking in Denver. <laughs> yeah, man. 
But it, yeah, I was a little upset because they got 70 points with like eight minutes left in the game. Yeah. And they just, they had go for to, 90. Like, what, what are we too doing? much time on their hands. Hey, T Swizzle in the sweet box at Kansas City were, was giving them the same kind of superpowers today. I was watching that game. And then all of a sudden, I, I get up, I go get a drink, I come back, and then I'm watching Cardinals Cowboys, which, by the way, big upset there today. So don't rule out the upsets, but hopefully. Uh, Philly doesn't drop no 70 points. Holy hell. But thank you guys once again um, for hanging out with us tonight. I know it was a late game preview show. Kind of a weird schedule for everybody this week, but we were able to make it happen. So your support truly means the world. We will talk to you guys next time on Tuesday afternoon. We will not talk to you tomorrow night after the game um, because I will be driving home fighting traffic around the time that we usually do our live stream. So Tuesday we will be live at one o'clock, give or take. If I if I have to guess, maybe it'll change. We'll keep you updated. But phones will probably be on for that show, so we'll be taking your calls. Cannot wait to hear from you. Thank you guys once again for hanging out with us. Follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast. Best place to go for updates on the show and, of course, Tampa Bay Buccaneer news as it happens. Speaking of Bucks news as it happens, you can follow my co-host Evan on Instagram, Bucks underscore daily the number one Buccaneers fan page on Instagram. You can also find him on Twitter at EvanNFL and check out his written work at BucksNation.com. James, thank you for joining us today, my friend. Uh, James Hill, you can check out his work, YouTube.com forward slash Mr. BucksNation. But do you have anything else you are working on and anywhere else that people can find you and your content? Uh, you know, just a couple of other fun projects I'm working on. Evan's obviously helped me out on the... Uh, you know, the YouTube channel here for Mr. Bucks Nation. Appreciative of that. He does okay. Um, I yeah. try. Yeah. Um, brought back up Mr. NFL Nation. Doing that a little bit more now. Uh, bringing back Real to Real. Doing that a little bit more now. Real to Real. Yeah, that that's what I've been missing. That's the movie content I've been missing. I remember my passive joke about Mr. NFL Nation like two weeks ago, and it really made me laugh to see this. <laughs> Yeah, we're, so we're back. <laughs> Real Real's back with with a a, a twist, kind of though. So oh, yeah, we're we're reviewing horror movies now, exclusively. Oh, exclusively horror movies. Yeah. Well, there you uh, go. Well, Get your best horror movie coverage on YouTube right here, Real to Real. Right, yeah. right there, Real Real. Yeah, it's us. So, awesome. uh, go check it out. Be greatly appreciated. Um, and yeah, just doing normal stuff on the YouTube channel. So thanks for having me on. James, we love you, buddy. Glad to have you on. Always talking Buccaneers football with you, and uh, hopefully we talk to you soon. I'm your host, Rip Matthew, signing off for my co-host, Evan Wanish, and special guest, James Hill. We'll talk to you guys on Tuesday afternoon. Win, lose, or draw. Thank you again for listening and hanging out with us tonight live on YouTube. We'll talk to you in the next one. Until then, and as always, thank you for listening, and go Bucks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.